Hi there and welcome to the Book Realities Podcast, a series of interviews with independently-minded authors where we explore their books, their writing techniques, and what made them become a writer in the first place. I'm your host, Ian Hooper, and as well as being an independent author, I also run the Book Reality Experience. Hi everybody and welcome to this, the latest in our author interviews and this time round we'll be chatting to children's author Helene Smith. Hi Helene, thanks for joining us. Hi Ian, lovely to be here. So tell everybody who's Helene Smith, where are you and where oh, do you go home? I wear many caps. <laughs> Uh, I'm mother, grandmother, and great grandmother <laughs> of, of tribe, and uh, I enjoy my family and uh, the beautiful area that I, in which I live, uh, near the river in uh, near the Collie River in Australind. Excellent, and that's in the southwest of Western Australia, down yes. south from Perth. Yes. So very close to Leshnalp and very close to Leshnalp Press. In yeah. fact, you're a stone's throw away from me. Yes, in beautiful oh. bushland and river. Uh, it's lovely. And where did you call home? Where did you grow up? I grew up on a farm at Lynn Farm. And uh, we, my playground was a swamp near our house. And everything in this book, I'm sure, comes from my childhood. I had a great imagination and um, I imagined myself running away at the time World War II was on. So I had a, a, a plan one and that was to run down and hide up in the Bankshire tree and they would never find me there. So this and was I, when you were a little girl and you were thinking about, that Australia might be invaded. Yes, that's right. And um, so that's where all all this came from, I'm sure. <laughs> now, you say about this book, so the book that we're discussing in particular is Aberash, uh, The yes. Mysterious Land Down Under. Yeah. So for anybody that hasn't read the story, it's, it's, a, it's a mystery and it's an adventure and it's yes. centred around two twin kids, uh, Laurie and... At Cade. Laurie and Laurie Cade. And Cade. And they're at Bright Day High, and yes. one of their teachers is jinxed by a wizard, and they have to yes. go off and save her. Yes, and they are the real targets because of an old story. Oh, so brilliant. So it's all, all intertwined. Now, this is designed for young adults, but adults can enjoy it as oh, well. Oh, definitely. There are so many themes in this, um, and it's about, about all of us. Excellent. It's about our desires and... Uh, uh, and our, 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 our longing to connect, to know ourselves and to connect with others. And I think that's the crux of the whole thing. Brilliant. So Abarash isn't the first book that we've published for you, though, is it? You've brought no. out four previously. Yes, yes. Um, do uh, you have them there? I do, I do. Uh, Leaping the Tingles, Dreamstone, Operation Clancy and Children of Morwena. Now, Children of Morwena is fascinating because that's a young adult, but it's a dystopian adventure set in a world yes. that's crumbling around the kids, yes. all the way through to Dreamstone there, which is a, 
for probably younger children and finding uh, yes. a magic rock? The themes are never uh, just for children. <laughs> uh, and as, uh, Dreamstone in particular is like a little poem in a way. Uh, because it's about um, it's about wanting to write and about creation and uh, the dreamstone that goes on and carries on from one person to another. So it's about the dreams and the wish to write. So how long have you been writing for? Uh, I, for years, really. I began uh, to write short fiction shortly after my mother died. Uh, she was quite a big influence on my life. Um, she was a teacher, a bit of a character, and uh, while other mothers sang when they were happy, my mother quoted poetry all day. Like she would, as she was doing the housework, she'd quote poetry. And her, her words often um, lay around in my head. But she died at a very young age. And uh, I was, uh, we attended her little school, that was when the little bush schools were uh, around, and she would. T when she told a story to the little ones, uh, the whole school would just down pencils, and we'd all be looking. <laughs> so this was um, down in. Was this down near Manjimup? The place that was called Lindfarn. It's now just bush, and actually where we were, it's, I often, I do go back there and to listen to the wind in the pine trees where that was our playground. Um, and it's the little bush school is still there and it's, there is a stone with her name on it. Oh, very um, good. But uh, it was very influential. We so this one. was also in the southwest of Western Australia? In the it? southwest. Yeah. And uh, like we, at playtime we'd play in these pine trees and if my brother went to the top of the pine tree, I had to do it the next day. <laughs> so, it just stunning, really. so after you'd left school, what did you take up as a career? Uh, I began nursing, um, uh, but I did all sorts of jobs. I even picked tobacco uh, in the school holidays, uh, got covered, and that comes out very much in my book, Children on Moena the experience of working with tobacco and getting covered in this black filth uh, after, because the nicotine's in the in the leaves. So, so this was it, actually picking tobacco leaves in the fields? In Manjimup, yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't imagine there's many tobacco fields down in Manjimup now. Uh, no, no, no they, they went. Michael Edis uh, had, had a whole, about seven, seven plantations. Wow. Yeah. So after that, you went on to become a nurse and did you spend nurse. your life nursing? <laughs> no way. I spent my life raising children. <laughs> <laughs> so how many children did you have? I had seven children. Wow. We lost a little girl halfway oh, through. But uh, look, she was eight, eight years old. So, uh, yes, and I had the two boys at the end of five daughters. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Oh. And so how many grandchildren have they given you? Uh, 19 grandchildren, but the next generation are a little slower <laughs> to produce. <laughs> so there's only five. Uh, so there's only five great-grandchildren great so far. <laughs> yeah. that, that's still quite a number. So seven, yeah. eight children, 19 grandchildren, and yes. five great-grandchildren. Yeah. And do you have your offspring in your mind when you're writing your books? Uh, I think 
think I do, and I also have my childhood friends, my brother John, who passed away a couple of years ago, uh, because we and my younger sister Doreen, we did everything together. What else within Aberash has come directly out of your experience then? Well, I think it came subconsciously. I think a whole lot of it. Uh, like the magical, there's a magical bird in um, in the story that, uh, and that came directly from an experience I had. I used to crawl into my parents, at the bottom of my parents' bed, and they slept on a veranda and I could hear all the swamp sounds. And one night I couldn't sleep and I imagined uh, the trees looked like a huge nest. <clears throat> and I was sure that in the morning I saw this giant bird in the nest and it was sort of speaking nicely to me. <laughs> and then I was sure that it flew away. But, of course, my siblings just laughed at me, thought it was a great joke. <laughs> that, that was so real to me. <laughs> when you decided that you wanted to become a writer, when do you think that was? What age were you? After Mum died, uh, I really was struggling. I had uh, two little babies, but I felt lost in a way, um, and I started to... Um, think about things and I just had to write write how I felt and I started to get a lot out of that it would be between four o'clock when the children were playing and they weren't hungry yet <laughs> I would start to write and so I, from the age of that in my early 20s I started to write um, but I didn't quite know what the models uh, were all on the old classical writers, uh, so I wasn't sure. And I did I did a writing course through TAFE uh, by correspondence, and I got nice feedback. Um, so I started doing short fiction uh, for adults, and that came much much later. The idea of writing for children. But you had quite a lot of your work published from early days, didn't you? I did. I had been to university and I'd done a course in pre uh, primary teaching and English. I started off in primary teaching, so I switched to English that I could do at a little more leisurely pace. And uh, I was speaking to a relative of mine, a lot of them are teachers, and we were talking about boys of about 13 that needed something easy to read. They were reluctant readers, basically. And I had worked with reluctant readers as a teacher aide. And I thought, I, um, my uh, niece said, why don't you write a book for them? Because I had done a lot of worksheets and my, my supervising teacher in Carnarvon, this was, I loved, loved what I did. So uh, the next day I, I said to her, I've got the whole plot, I've got the whole story, I don't know what the ending is, <laughs> but uh, I've got it. And I wrote, uh, it was all by hand to start with, I didn't even have a typewriter. <laughs> and I wrote 
Operation Clancy, just like that. And it just fell from the sky. But once again, it was all about my childhood experiences, you know, going into town and going to the cafe for fish and chips. My gosh, that was something. So I had the, um, I had it, the setting was the, it was the fish and chip shop. <laughs> and the characters just, they were just there. And the Operation Clancy has been revamped nowadays, hasn't it? It has. Been uh, you, you did a wonderful job. And my uh, my grandson, Callum, uh, redid the cover. Within Aberash, um, it's the first of your books that you've had turned into an audio book as well. Yes, uh, I did. And uh, that was a marvellous experience. And I'm, I, I'm really... Uh, I really empathise with those wonderful readers who, like I've been recording myself, reading a bit of the story for the next little bit that we're doing with you, and I realise how hard it is. You make one little slip and you've got to do it again. Yeah, so we were very lucky that we had um, Paige Gardner read yes. Aberash, A Mysterious Land Down Under, and then we also had um, Sarah Kempton read. Sarah Kempton is just yeah. amazing. Isn't and it? she read Children of Morwina and brought a, a level of um, oh, so, drama. Yeah, yes, yeah, she's wonderful. So when you're not writing, what do you get up to, Helene? Uh, I walk in the bush. I look at birds. <laughs> Uh, I meet with my writerly friends and we have a marvellous time together once a week. I read copiously, sometimes a book a night. <laughs> and, uh, and what particular, what types of books, what particular genres or is it everything and anything? Uh, uh, everything and anything. Um, but, you know, books that are barely currently going around <laughs> the reading community like um, just recently, uh, the crawdad, where the crawdads sing, which is quite controversial. Uh, I actually loved it, and I loved the movie, <laughs> uh, mainly because it's all about swamps. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate, and my sister was the same. She said, "I don't know what what all this criticism is about where the crawdads sing, because we were singing in the <laughs> with the crawdads." years and right. I learned to swim in that swamp. When you are writing have you got any requirements quirks you said that when you were writing in the early days that you would write at 4pm what about nowadays do you have a set room or do you have a type of routine that you get into when you're writing? I like a quiet moment uh, and now I have plenty of quiet moments uh, I live with my daughter but She's very discreet and minds her own business, basically. <laughs> and I mind mine. <laughs> but we do have times together when we watch watch a bit of, we watch shows together and enjoy the same shows. But uh, so I have plenty of time now. When I had uh, my husband was alive and I had quite a lot of caring to do, I would wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I'd work for two hours till six. And if I got that, anything on top of that was a bonus. But I got that uh, bit of wisdom, and I can't remember the name of the author who did it. He was a busy man. He was a teacher. Um, and that's what he did. And I thought, what a sensible idea. But it just means that you don't 
work into the night till one o'clock and do that, uh, which I have done. I've worked uh, and I've overworked. Sometimes I've done up to 12 hours, which is ridiculous. And what advice would you give to someone starting out writing? Uh, I think uh, it's important to write spontaneously and to journal write, write what you feel, write how it comes, but learn the learn the rules and then break them if you want to. But don't do it from ignorance. I think, you know, like learn your craft and practice it. Very good. So what's the best feedback that you've ever uh, received on your writing? Uh, I think my granddaughter, um, Julie, and she, she put it on my website actually, and it was just so beautiful because she saw all... She looked at that story, um, Aberash, and she saw that, like, she is a psychologist, just finished training as a psychologist, but she saw the depth of meaning in it um, and she saw how it, it was really a study of friendships and alliances and, and self-reliance and, you know, it's the, it's the orchid that blooms underground uh, you know, the risen fella of this story is symbolic of an endurance of people like uh, the wife of uh, the bad guy in this case, uh, Mandel. She blooms underground. She remains true to herself throughout. Um, and then, of course, she does rebel eventually and she sees the truth of that she is a worthwhile person. Uh, and so she, she, I think that's quite an important part of the story. I actually went to a school that, uh, where I witnessed a lot of cruelty and I'd never sort of struck that at home, you know. Uh, or, so this that. was when you were a little girl, you went to I a school? About, when the war ended, we were all, uh, we went to a little intimate school where, you know, my mother told us stories and we all, you know, we were cousins, some of us, and we all cared for each deeply for each other. And we went to, we were all taken by bus to uh, Manjimup, and there was this whole lot of, like I went to, the class was 70 children. It was huge classes, and there wasn't much teaching done, but there was discipline, and it was extremely harsh. And I, I didn't actually witness cruelty to myself, but I, I witnessed it happening to others. And I've actually dedicated the book to those individuals. Mm. Yeah, isn't it a good job that times have changed? Oh, oh for goodness sake, yes, yes. And what's yeah. next for you in your writing journey? Uh, I have a great, uh, I hope it's great, <laughs> collection of short fiction and poetry I'm not sure how poetry will sell. Like, I'm not interested in selling, really, but sharing. I'd like to share uh, the short fiction and poetry uh, that, that is all very close to my heart and um, quite uh, so we'll see. Oh, good. Well, I look forward to receiving them. Hopefully, if you're going to send them through to us, yeah. that'll be good fun. I'd love to. Right. So we're going to end this, if you're, if you're game, 15 quick fire questions. Hey, what is your favourite book? I think Huckleberry Finn because 
my mother read it to us. So when I was on the swamp in a made-up canoe, I was on the Mississippi. Excellent. And what's your least favourite book? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I usually don't finish reading it, <laughs> I don't like it. So if you don't like it, it just doesn't get finished? No, not always. Sometimes I'll labour through What excites and turns you on? Oh, so many things. I just look out at the trees, birds, people. Sometimes just watch, watching people in the street. There's some little thing about them that'll appeal to me. And what turns you off? Oh, uh, sterile environments, uh, cold, cold people. Summer or winter? Oh, I love both actually. But summer, summer, I can swim in the river, and summer, I think. Okay. And on a completely free day to do anything you want, who do you spend it with? Oh, oh, there are so many people <laughs> I love spending with. I have a friend that I love walking with, family, babies. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a fair few to choose from. There are lots to choose from. Mountains or oceans? Oceans by far. I'm scared of mountains, really. <laughs> And what is your favourite movie? One that sticks in my mind and it was the first movie I ever saw as a child, Gone with the Wind, because of the drama. What a, cla what a classic. Yes. And if you only were allowed to listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, oh, now I'm hopeless on knowing. There's one that just always makes me want to cry and that's... Um, there's got to be a morning after. Okay. And that brings me to tears every time I listen. <laughs> Who makes you laugh the most? Oh, usually children make me laugh. Uh, my little granddaughter who comes in and, you know, like says, oh, grand. <laughs> You'll have some little thing she wants to show me. <laughs> Brilliant. And yeah. um, what smell do you love? I love the smell of lemons. And what smell do you hate? Uh, drains. Other than being a writer, or indeed any of the professions that you've attempted, what would you like to try? I, I regret not becoming a teacher in many ways. Uh, I did. I was associated with teaching, and I did teacher training. And sometimes I think, oh, I would have loved to have taught. And what profession would you not like to do? People who take others up high mountains. Okay. <laughs> what are they called? Um, sh Sherpers and mountain yes, trekkers. Yes, I would like to be a Sherpa. Yeah. Um, and if heaven exists, what do you want God to say when you get there? Uh, welcome. Well, Helene, thank you ever so much for thank taking you. the time out to do today. That's, that was that, funny. That's thank really you. kind of you. Thanks, Ian. That was good. Hey, thanks for listening to this latest episode of Book Realities, our Interviews with Authors series. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and turn your notifications on so that you never miss any content updates from us. If you liked this episode, leave us a rating or a review as it really helps the podcast's visibility 
as does passing the pod on to any writers or author friends that you may have who you know will be interested in it. And join our exclusive mailing list at www.bookreality.com. The next episode will be released this time next week, but until then, stay safe and well. All the best. <laughs>